Welcome to Collaborating for Student Success, Episode 3. In our final episode, we come back to the table to take a look at the progress on the action plans developed during our last visit and share next steps to sustain the collaborative efforts. As we culminate this three-part series, we'll hear from a few of our teams regarding their progress in achieving their goals. We'll listen to Laura Villarreal, Program Specialist for Transition Students for Texas Workforce Commissions, as she expands on the great work that has been completed during this process. We will also hear from Megan Orsag from Texas A&M University as she summarizes the value in the journey. Lastly, we will hear once again from our dynamic team as they dive through some of the survey results gathered from the participants. But first, let's listen in on Jim Canals, Deputy Regional Director, Texas Workforce Solutions, as he addresses the hardworking team. Okay, one of the first things I wanted to talk about is that uh, uh, over the years, Carla and Sandy and Rosa Vines mentioned many, many, many times, and uh, we had a good relationship, and uh, we had meetings. Uh, but meetings are not collaboration, is I think a real key point in uh, what I want to get across. Uh, the way I see it, that meetings are talk, and uh, but collaboration is action. And so once we made that change in our own mind, uh, I think that that uh, helped us start getting results. Because I don't know how many results we had before we actually made this shift. Uh, but I think there's about five things that I want to point out that made our collaboration successful that you might take back and, and uh, maybe use for yourself. But one of it is open communication. Uh, and we're really free to be honest with each other. And those two there have talked bad about me. I've talked bad about them. And they're not afraid to say, you know, this doesn't make sense or this is not working. And I'm not afraid to talk to them. And it's been really just uh, I think that's number one key there is that open communication. Um, and we don't always see things uh, the same way, but that's okay. Uh, but the, the key to it, I think, too, is whenever we make plans, we may come up with some ideas and uh, stand over, well, that's a stupid idea, that's not going to work. Uh, and I say, well, your idea is stupid, too. And uh, then, uh, but the, the key to it is whatever we decide to do like this, it's a full consensus. It's not a vote two to one or whatever, uh, but we're all on the same page. Yeah, this is what we want to do. And uh, we don't move forward unless we have that consensus. Let's now transition to listening to some updates on where some of the teams are in their journey and witness a few of their accomplishments that are definitely worth celebrating. Mid-City Crew. That's what I thought. What? <laughs> I'm Diane Fry, I'm from AGB School District, and our group is Mid-City Crews, and so we are in the Mid-City area. So it is um, HEB ISD, Grapevine, Colleyville, South Lake, Northwest, um, Birdville, um, West Lake. I think that's pretty much those who are part of this group. Um, and. We've been very fortunate that we've had a um, really good relationship with our vocational counselors, Mr. Jinky, Patrick, and Christy, and Margaret, have been with all of us um, kind of since the beginning. So we've not had turnover. 
Uh, the transition specialists have pretty much been the same people in each district, so we have already built a lot of community, which has made it really nice. Um, so our group uh, of transition specialists meets every month. We all we have been doing that for years, and so we share what's going on. We all use eSped, so when we're talking transition supplements and what are we putting and what statements are we using, uh, we share that information all the time. We do day have tours together. Somebody sets it up and sends an email to everybody and says, who can come? We want to do it on this day. Um, so we have been working collaboratively for a long time. So some of the new things that have happened is um, we met with the navigator. The navigator. The navigator. Um, and um, our vocational counselors attended. Um, so. We're always doing stuff like, like that. Um, we work with TCC um, because it's right in the middle of our community and so there's lots of things then that happen with that. Individually, each of our districts um, have already been using VAT classes, funds for summer earn and learn. Um, UNT, our students go to the UNT camps. Um, the TCC camps for STEM that are being offered in August in our area. Our students are already um, signed up for. And um, I, in HEB, I'm doing my second summer of Employment 101, in which um, Mr. Jinky has um, graciously found the funds for. So we've been doing these things for a long time. <laughs> so for us, it was not, it's just a, a matter of commit, continuing to communicate, ask for what we need. We seem to get what we need, or they find the answers. So, um, for us, it's been a great experience. Okay. Oh, so our little flyer was one of the, you know, we're always asking our families to be down information about where to go, find out, meet with employers, uh, find out what's going on. And so that was one of our, um, kind of when Carla sent it across, it was like, well, there you go, it fits right in with what one of our action plans was. Hi, I'm Julia Chalker, and I'm from Prosper, and Prosco is Prosper and Frisco. We're very clever. Um, and we are neighbors, and we've got some great things going on in transition in both of our school districts. But um, we have found that, um, well, we identified several different things we kind of wanted to concentrate on. Um, collaborating, so we're not always like replicating doing the same thing with different employer with employers and um, doing double work or having relate one of us might have a relationship with an employer and the other doesn't know about it and they may be trying to do so trying to get that collaboration we also um, originally started talking about um, how to increase engagement with Texas workforce and getting those consents and transportation so those were the ones we originally talked about transportation is a big issue where we live but the thing that we really focused on is we wanted to create like a task force or um, commission, coalition, we haven't really come up with a name, that would um, address those needs that we have across Collin County. And some of y'all may have heard of uh, employability from in Dallas, it used to be the Dallas Mayor's Committee on Employment, um, Fort Worth has something like that. So what we were looking at is trying to start something like that in Collin County. So what we did is um, we actually um, came up with a presentation and we went to the mayor's committee, um, or the mayor's 
coffee in Frisco. We started with one and met with him afterwards and um, presented what we wanted to do and got his input. So, um, you know, everything from, you know, all the myths that are involved in disability employment that, you know, keep employers from engaging with us and what the city's part would be and the benefits and that kind of thing. So we did that and um, we would like to continue. Our next steps is to get other Collin County folks, like some of y'all here today, involved in that. Um, the mayor did ask, I think, that if we could get some local statistics. We had a lot of statistics for Texas and the United States, but if we could try to get more Collin County specific employment statistics, that that would be helpful. Um, and then we also, several of us on our team, went to the Dallas Mayor's Employability Disability Inclusion Workshop, which was a couple weeks ago. So we got to see one of the things that they do, which is provide resources and training to the employers in that area. And not only did we learn a lot of great information, but that's something that we would like to, to do in the future. So um, anyway, the, what we focused on was really trying to get something going for future and we just took baby steps really. We really need to talk to the rest of y'all that are from Collin County and go from there. Am I missing anything? Oh yeah, we definitely want it to be like um, a transition team. So we would want um, not only somebody from the different uh, municipalities, but we want parents involved. Uh, we want individuals with disabilities you know, uh, youth involved in the committee, um, stakeholders like transition personnel, agencies, so, but we definitely think it's important for employers, parents, and individuals themselves to be on the uh, team. Partnering with Lisa Villarreal has served as an integral component to the success of this initiative. Let's listen a bit as she validates the work completed throughout this joint venture. My only worry is that I, you guys have mastered so much. Um, so as far as being a resource to you, I feel like you all have been more of a resource um, to me and to this day office. Um, some of you may be familiar with the Pathways to Careers initiatives that the workforce is tasked with doing. Did I see some heads um, So the capacity building is one of those initiatives. And we partnered with a &M. Um, to run these meetings throughout the state. We have completed these six focus group meetings throughout the state. And hopefully you find it validating to hear that the challenges that you all are expressing, especially with having different goals, different funding years, that's what we've been hearing from other parts of the state as well. Um, a big one, in fact, I, I've had, um, I had one very angry school person um, pull me aside in um, Tyler and say, you know, why is it that because I'm in a rural area, um, my kids aren't getting skills spots? You know, my, they're already at a disadvantage because of challenges with resources, transportation, funding, and she submitted 20 um, referrals for SEAL, and none of them got picked up. And luckily, Dennis Kutash is right next to me, the director, and I was like, here's your person you need to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it is, it is a challenge. So we do have other initiatives that we're working on that are helping to build that, that communication and that relationship with the school partners. 
Um, you all will be having your um, two-day regional conference coming up. Joanna is working on identifying a location. We hosted our first one in Tyler, and it was excellent. I mean, just the conversation, and <coughs> to know each other, and being on the same page, and knowing that we have the same goals in mind. It, it really helped us cross over those lines. Um, and so with saying that, um, A&M has done a phenomenal job on gaining data from these focus group meetings, and Megan's going to talk a little bit about that, so I'll pass it off to Megan. Um, but before I, I do that, if you have any ideas on what you want your two-day conference to look like, but again, my name's Laura Villarreal. Um, my email is the same with all the other TWC individuals, so shoot me an email, let me know, approach me before I leave today, because we want it to be two days of beneficial information for you all. So thanks again, and huge shout out to Jim and Carla and Sandy. Um, the relationship that you all have here and just the leadership is so unique. Um, we're such a big state that you all have really just nailed it. So thanks for letting me talk about it. During the team share out, Megan Orsag from Texas A&M couldn't help notating the phenomenal work that has been accomplished. Here is Megan summarizing the great achievements. Howdy! Oh, so howdy! I love it, they don't like to say howdy back. Um, my name is Megan Orsag. I'm the Associate Director at the Center on Disability and Development um, at Texas A&M. Um, I was an educator in um, high school uh, before I went to grad school. Um, and um, so I've been blessed to work at the Center for about five years. Um, this project is very exciting to me because I love collaboration and I feel like us in the disability community we get it um, but how do you reach outside of you know our own little world and, and communicate and work well with people who are not necessarily in our own silos because I know as an educator I was um, I worked in special education um, and then when I became part of the small learning community my world just opened and just learning about so many things from other educators and so that being able to do this at this level um, has been really incredible to watch I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I feel like I'm, it's beyond preaching to the choir because you guys have not only identified what uh, challenges and barriers you have here, but you've addressed them and you're like, you have your set goals. And so um, what I plan to talk to you guys about is, is change them. And as you were talking, I started to take notes of ways that you've already been addressing some of these barriers we've seen across the state. Um, so I wanna echo what Laura said and just Bravo, like this is exactly what needs to be happening across the state. The last thing that, um, it's the very, very last page, um, that we saw was that there would seem to be a focus throughout the state, not necessarily here, um, of more the schools focusing on students with more significant needs. And VR was um, perceived as focusing mainly on the students with less significant needs. Um, as far as where's the funding going and the time and the spent. And so we thought that was that was interesting. And again, that's not reflective of what's happening here in, in y'all's area. But I thought it would be great to just to include that, that there was a perception of VR counselors and the ISD professionals um, with the significant needs and the level of those needs and the attention that was being paid to that. So in closing, um, there's already a lot of great things that are happening here, and again, I feel like I'm going beyond the preaching to the choir because I, my whole look at all these notes I took. <laughs> so, and they're all throughout here. So, 
Um, I do, I do want to challenge you guys to think about how do you bring general education into the conversation? Um, how do you bring those principals and those school leaders and making sure that people who are out in the community, like going to the mayors, that is excellent. Um, thinking about, um, I know that we have an economic development board in some of our rural communities. Um, thinking about jobs that are outside of the box. Um, so how do you bring those individuals to the table? I want you to think about that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And understanding, and I know you guys know this because you're living it and I'm not, um, that there's parents and they're just trying to survive today. Um, and so when we're meeting as a team and when we're developing these documents, how can we make it so user-friendly that we don't further overwhelm them? Um, I was at a meeting with, she's, she works at a state office and she's wonderful and she's a parent and we had um, our server come to us and talk to us about her son who has autism. Well, my, my friend and, and colleague started to talk to her about all the lists that she needed to be on and all the things <coughs> that were there to support her and all these school personnel that needed to be there and her eyes got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and she started to think about problems she didn't know she had yet, you know? Um, so I think it's really important for us to really understand that these parents <coughs> are in survival mode. And so how do we present this information? Because we know you've got the good stuff. We know that you have the resources. How do you present it in a way that's not gonna um, scare them to where they just feel like they're helpless? Um, and then last is um, when you think about the IEP meetings, um, look at your team. I mean, you have your team right here. You're so far ahead of the game. It's so exciting to see, and I cannot wait to talk with Carla and Jim and Sandy more about the things that you guys are doing and how you're setting your goals. Um, and not only setting your goals, but you're talking about how that's in making an impact um, in your own, within your own teams, in your own communities. Um, so it's so exciting to see that. And so I just want to continue to challenge you guys to do the work, um, to continue meeting together, continue to be a highlight of the state. Um, it's exciting to see how people are looking to you, really, um, as leaders in the state of how you're applying what you've learned um, for um, interagency collaboration um, and working with the families in your area. And so I'm just so excited to see how you guys are going to continue to impact your communities and thank you guys for letting us welcoming welcoming us into your communities letting us talk to you guys about um what you found here and then the ways that you're addressing it um so we are just so appreciative to be here um we have our cards if you want to reach out to us but you'll definitely be seeing us again hopefully it's a good thing um and we'd just love to learn from you guys too feedback is food for growth and improvement but it also provides a voice to those who matter. We'll end this episode with the Texas Workforce Solution Region 2 leadership as they rejoice in the feedback provided by the participants. All right, and so um, another response there, provide ongoing information, continue supporting it, uh, more communication, um, we can assist with more trainings. I love that, that they want, that they're interested in coming back together. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that I'm seeing so far, anyway, is the idea to keep this moving. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that says that to stop it. No. Right. Um, another response was lessen turnover rate of employees with incentives. Uh, update. Well, you know, that's what killed us in these collaboration meetings more than anything is turnover or you know, somebody assigned over here and then they move over here. Right. I think it goes on both sides. I, I thought we had it worse than you, but it sounds like there's a lot on the school side. But we did too, because even when one of the, uh, it was um, Alicia, 
said, nobody, we're, we're missing so many people yes. from our team yes. right now. Yes. But the team has to keep moving forward, whoever shows up. Yes. So, so figuring out a way to make sure that plans that they've developed, the vision that they had for their partnerships can kind of stay alive. Um, the teams will have to develop some processes well, you know, surrounding that. Maybe taking some of these and turn them into a standard operating mm-hmm. uh, so that, that if somebody leaves, they, they say, well, the duties that you have in this area are mm-hmm. this, uh, rather than trying to create new with everybody that dynamics new, yeah. creating new dynamics i like that idea jim so when you say standard operating guidelines that would be on your side on the tws side well more like let's say that uh, the the plan was we're going to meet every three months okay so then when somebody new comes in you don't say how many often you want to meet it's it's already set it's already set we meet every third month right uh, and so it gets that consistency going maybe Right. It'd be hard to do that. We kind of did that a little bit in preparation for this meeting because there were some people that had registered that had not been to either one of the first two. Mm -hmm. So April got their plan. So let's say geographically they landed with Team Apple or Awesome Sauce. Mm -hmm. She went ahead and sent those people Awesome Sauce's plan. So they had that to look at ahead of time, knowing that that had already been created by the team they were going to be joining. Well, you know, sort of like, uh, uh, I was thinking that, that... I like that. I don't know how we do this, but just to tell you, is we had pods. And, and of course, the, the pod would be similar to the group that we had. So let's say applesauce. Mm-hmm. That there's an applesauce pod. And that group is always going to have some turnover, but it's always going to have some consistency, too, if there's enough people in it. Right. So like if there's five school districts and five TBRCs, chances are most of them are going to be there. And uh, a majority of them are always going to be in there and they're going to be Mm -hmm. rotating in and out, but the the pod has already decided what the pod wants to do. The process that they've developed, that team develops, the vision, how they're working with the schools. And as you join that as a new person, you have to honor that the team has already made those decisions and gone through that process. And B, I think the team would have to be open to ideas about new processes too. But you don't want to reinvent it every time somebody new comes in. They go, well, I want to meet twice a year instead of three times a year. Right. Because it just never gets that stable. Sure. All right, then more trainings. We said that already. Less turnover. We talked about that. Updates on resources available. No assistance is needed. The VR counselor and school are collaborating well. Yeah. So that's, um, I'd have to be able to go into the Survey Monkey and I could tell you who that, that well, no, it's, it's anonymous. So I wouldn't be able to tell right. you exactly who said that. Um, someone else said to continue to provide resources, training, funding. School staff need to not send so many referrals all at once. Mm-hmm. And we should start the process before students' senior year. So we, we're still battling that message and trying to put out that, that urban myth. Um, and yeah, I think, I think we, we have it on both sides. I think a few of our counselors are still in the senior mode. And, and, but I think the schools may be worse at than we are. It, it really, it's it's hit and miss. I think they're a lot, I mean, still I hear, well, you know, we give them that information their junior year, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> and so let's start doing that their freshman year, and, you know? And, and those eighth graders. Yeah, as they come in, hello. Right, 
Right. Continue hosting regular meetings to allow the staff to collaborate. So I'm assuming that they're talking about the meetings that we hosted. Um, provide ongoing collaborative meeting on transition like this so we can all learn what other districts are doing and how TWC can help. TWC needs to specifically share how we can support ISDs with pre-ed services. So it sounds like someone is wanting more of that guideline or yeah. process. Yeah. Um, that, to me, that would be ideal for the state level to come up with a training on here's the, the services so the whole state hears the same message. Mm -hmm. well, uh, I'm gonna and I would put, think that that I'm gonna would, put Laura's name next to that and yeah, see if that, we can't. Yeah. Look at me assigning staff. Assigning staff. <laughs> As you could hear, Jim, Sandy, Rosla, and Carla are already using the feedback from the teams to build for the next phase of the planning. The work put in throughout the region definitely reflects the leadership that this team exhibits. In the end, our students will be the beneficiary of their hard work. Until next time, this has been Collaborating for Student Success. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>